Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Minnesota Vikings event line. Declan Goff here from Score North. Uh, we are going to have a little different episode of, of uh, event line today. Usually we bring on a couple guests and we go around the room and we banter a little bit. I award a WWE championship belt to the winner. We're going to do things a little differently today. I got my main man, Mike, who's in upstate New York, and he actually has a very fascinating story and a connection to uh, former Minnesota Vikings quarterback Tommy Kramer. If you're probably looking at this description, if you're watching right now on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, uh, yeah, he designed a custom Packers urinal for Tommy Kramer, which is a genius idea. I, I have a one of my best friends growing up. His dad's a Wisconsin guy, and for whatever reason, he put a Wisconsin-themed bathroom. And I thought it was a humongous mistake not to put a Vikings one in there if he hated the Vikings. Anyway, I can't wait to talk to Mike about this um, and get his get his thoughts and, and how just this really came to be with Tommy Kramer getting him hooked up with a Packers urinal and also a Vikings vanity. Um, by the way, if you have not subscribed to us, this is the first time you're discovering us here on Score North. Please uh, give us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button. Also, we have a second channel. That's YouTube.com slash ScoreNorthMM, where you can find conversations on the Twins, on the Wild, on the Vikings, on the Wolves, even some movie reviews here and there. Um, it's going to it, be a real fun show here we got lined up. So let's get our man, Mike. Mike, you are live from upstate New York. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. You're, yeah, you're welcome, dude. It's going to be a lot of fun here. Um, you know, before we get into the Tommy Kramer stuff, and I'm and I'm I'm really excited to hear more about it. I just want your thoughts too, because you and I were DMing back and forth, and you gave me some notes that you also do a draft big board, and you also obviously get into mock draft season. So the Vikings are on the board at pick 14. What do you think the Vikings should do with that pick at 14 overall? Um, I mean, to be honest, well, there's between what I think they're going to do and what I have a feeling they're going to do you know I, I don't know it, it kind of goes back and forth I mean I have a feeling Zim will probably go defense um I wouldn't be surprised if he goes defense I should say um probably DN uh with Quiddy Pay or uh Rousseau any of those guys um I mean what I would do probably is go for Vera Tucker uh, I think he's got quite a bit of experience at guard and he's really by the looks of it the only higher ranked guard um on the board um in that first round uh it's kind of killing us not having a second round pick but um I wouldn't be surprised I wouldn't be opposed to a trade down either try to recoup that second but um I would I would have to choose Vera Tucker if, if it was up to me but unfortunately it's not <laughs> 
right? I, I mean, I feel like they're pigeonholing themselves a little bit into this tackle position just because they've spent so many free agent resources on the defensive side of the football. I get why they did that. And yeah, I don't think Vera Tucker would be a bad pick. And I know Vikings fans have seen Matt Khalil and Garrett Bradbury, even to that extent, you know, haven't really worked out. But typically, you know, offensive line, I know it's not a sexy position. You know, it's not it's not Justin Jefferson. Even if Vera Tucker is the best lineman in the, in the league next year as a rookie, he's not going to win rookie of the year. Um, at, but they need help on this offensive line. If you struck out on all the free agent guards, yeah, I think I think Vera Tucker or someone of that nature at, at 14 is probably going to be who it is. I just think with how many great skill position players there are here, especially at the wide receiver position, I know I know the Vikings need to fortify the line, but just the idea of them even taking one of those wide receivers to me is super fascinating. I don't know what you think about it. Yeah, I, I've heard you, you talk about this on a few shows already. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind bringing that three deep back um, the old, uh, I actually got my, uh, Moss and Carter 98 shirt on right now, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, that would be cool. It's just, you know, I just feel like with Kubiak's scheme, um, I mean, I'm sure Clint's going to take right after his father, um, you know, and, and Zim just wants to run the ball all the time. Um, you know, listening to Judd and, and Phil and, you know, I, I know they feel exactly how I feel about Zimmer right now. And here's what I always say with the O-line, and this is kind of what bothers me is and if i asked any viking fan this i'm i'm sure that they would they would probably think i'm crazy and and I, when i say would you ever move brian o'neill to left guard and no, and everyone's going to say no why would why would we ever think about that you know no chance he's a good right tackle my question is why are you doing that with Ezra Cleveland because he was a left tackle coming out of college you put him at right guard in the nfl and I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, well, Cleveland wasn't ready for left tackle. Well, how can you say he was ready for right guard, a position he's never played in his life? And I think what it was, was I think that Cleveland was probably best lineman, I guess you could say, available at that time in the second round last year. They took him, figured that Reef would be gone. And sure enough, that works out. But now they're hesitant about moving him again. I want an interior offensive lineman at least with both guards, I want guys that can move people. I like athletes on the outside, like a Brian O'Neill, you know, or an Ezra Cleveland, because typically those guys are dealing with speed off the edge and you need those quick feet and stuff. And, and I want Cleveland out there, but the interior, what's the biggest problem? 90% of the time they're getting pushed right back on the cousin's lap. They have no anchor because they're athletes that are, that you know, we're like almost our size. I feel, you know, they're just, you look at Garrett Bradbury outside of, you know, pads and he's not that big of a guy, you know, those guys are getting sent back. And, and I just don't understand why they're doing that with Cleveland. If you, Cause if you look when they came out of the draft or when um, Cleveland came out of the, um, out of college, you know, he was actually compared on NFL.com before he even went to the Vikings, he was being compared to Brian O'Neill. Like they were the same player coming out of college, athletically measurables, everything. So I just don't understand why they're so gung-ho about putting him at right guard. Dude, that's a fascinating point. I never really thought of it like that, especially because, like you said, you know, Ezra was a was a good left tackle at Boise State for a very long time. They they pretty much neglect him in training camp. He goes to guard, and he was fine at guard. He wasn't a world beater by any means, but also a position he's never really played before either. Um, that's a fascinating way to look at it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all at, if if they're real, if if they don't go offensive line with that first overall pick, 
I think the because we did an episode of like this yesterday too on Purple Daily. I think Ezra Cleveland is kind of like their their little secret plan of like, yeah, he's actually just going to be our left tackle. We're just not going to address it or we're going to wait till the draft board falls out. But if Vera Tucker goes off the board and other linemen are off the board at 14, the last thing you want to do is is reach for the next guy. Let's say next offensive lineman on a big board is like more like 25, 26 on a big board where you're at 14. You definitely don't want to reach there either. Like maybe you trade back, but at the same time, I think I think Ezra Cleveland, your idea maybe of even him being um, – pretty much put in a pretty tough spot there. Like I think Brian O'Neill remains at right tackle, but I, I've never heard the comparison like that for man. It's a pretty good one. Um, I'm curious to see what happens with that draft board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just – I honestly wouldn't mind if it was Cleveland at right tackle and O'Neal. As long as both of them are at tackles, I'm fine with that. Um, but I just – I don't like how they're, they're just and, – and I'm even worried if they draft Vera Tucker – I would honestly be worried that they're going to put him at tackle when Vera Tucker actually has experience at guard. So that should automatically kick Cleveland onto the outside. And I just, I still do not 100% trust that they would even do that. Dude, I love it. Uh, I, I'm going to run this by Mackie and Judd tomorrow and see what, also what they have to say. And I'll, I'll give you a shout out here because this, this was a pretty cool idea. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> transition a little bit here. Vikings free agency plans. We briefly talked about it a little bit when we first started. Um, do you think it was the right move to just allocate basically all these free agent moves, you know, Patrick Peterson, Devin Tomlinson, Xavier Woods? I, the Vikings defense was bad last year. There's no getting around that. But do you think it was a mistake to put all those basically, I mean, because all, all the free agent, big free agent names are now done, right? Like the Vikings aren't, pend- or they're probably not going to get on another big free agent. All the big dominoes are now gone. Do you think it was the right move to go basically all in on defense and just kind of patchwork that with one and two, one and two year guys? I mean, I, I guess my thing would be we didn't need a whole lot on offense other than O line. I mean, I, I really like Tyler Conklin. I think he's kind of a sleeper. I mean, you got, but you got Irvin, Tyler Conklin. You got two solid receivers. You need some depth there. Um, cousins is Cousins. Um, and we got solid running backs. There really wasn't much we needed on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, talking earlier with you, with my mock offseason that I did, and I brought up Matt Filer from Pittsburgh. Um, he was that kind of under the radar. Now, Joe Thune's a stud, but I don't even know if, if, if I had the money, I don't know if I would have gave $16 million a year to, to, to Joe Thune. So my thing is, is, you know, I, I wanted to find that guy that was kind of under the radar, but still solid. And that was Filer. But my whole plan was let Reef go, bring in Filer, which he signed like a $7 million deal with, with the Chargers, I think, which was, you know, we could have easily afforded. Um, and then, I'm a huge Trey Smith fan out of Tennessee um, at guard, but again, he's one of those guys that they say doesn't doesn't fit the you know the scheme. So, which kind of drives me nuts because you know they want those guys, those guards that get out to the second level, and again, that also baffles me because they have Dalvin Cook. You don't need guards that can like race all over the field to block for Dalvin Cook. He doesn't need this miraculous O line. You know, he needs, you know, I mean, he doesn't need a whole lot because he can create himself. You know, what we need is someone to protect the guy that's a pure pocket passer. Yeah. You know, what does Phil Mackey always like to say? You know, the, the, establish the run, right? We always like to establish the run. You don't have to keep running the football down down your throat, basically, like Mike Zimmer likes to do. When you have someone like Dalvin Cook, who's that damn good. And yes, the that run zone blocking scheme that Gary Kubiak installed, and I'm sure Clint's probably going to have the same 
type of system installed. You know, it, it allows you to make up for deficiencies, but at the same time, I'd rather just the Vikings go and do more of a pass protection mode and, and draft the best, bigger dudes to give Kirk enough time because Dalvin's going to be able to make space. He doesn't, you know, I know Adrian Peterson's a Hall of Fame player, but AP would always be so frustrating to watch sometimes. He would just wait, he'd wait, he'd wait. You know, the, the boomer bust, basically, he'd run, you'd basically get stuffed to the line a few times, but then he'd rip off a huge run. And Dalvin Cook, I think, is more of an athletic freak and... He can help out in the passing game a lot more than Adrian Peterson ever did either. So, yeah, it, it's it's a good point, dude. I, I'm, I'm curious how it works. I like Patrick Peterson. I like Xavier Woods. I'm a big fan, too, of just their one-year deals. So it's not like, too, they overpaid for vets and they're going to be here for a long time and all that. Like, a lot of these are on, are on one-year deals. So basically, it, it's make or break for them. And I think the Vikings defense will automatically be better next year. It probably won't return to the top 10 defense it was under Zimmer in the 2017 and 2018 but can it be average? Because I think this offense can be really, really damn good, especially if you get the right, uh, the right tackle. And, hey, one more question here before we get to um, the Tommy Kramer story. 17-game uh, season. Are, are you a fan of more football? Do you not like this move? What do you think of the 17-game season? Um, I mean, I'm a fan, <clears throat> I'm a fan of more football. Um, you know, I'm in a lot of fantasy leagues and stuff. I, well, I, I run a couple myself, but um, – you know, we were trying to think of different ideas, different things we could add into the league with that extra week. But, um, but I mean, I, I like it. I don't know if the players are going to like it. Um, I feel like they should have knocked down the preseason a little more um, if they're going to add that extra game in. Um, and I think one of you guys mentioned that, uh, that they're probably going to go to 18 sooner, sooner than later, um, which I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm not opposed to it at all. Yeah, I, I love me some more football, dude. I'm all for it. I, I like cut down the preseason game, too, which I think is important. I kind of like, too, that the Super Bowl is now basically on President's Day weekend. Everyone always says the Monday after the Super Bowl should be basically a federal holiday. I know a lot, a lot of companies do President's Day as fed holidays, but at the same time, um, it gives people an excuse, maybe. And I'm, I'm always down for more football. I think it'll cause a lot more intrigue. Week 17s have always been really, really fun watching those last teams sneak into the playoffs. Um, I'm a big fan of it. All right, man. We buried the lead here for the first 12, 13 minutes. Let's get into this story here. So you uh, sent me a DM here. And actually, I saw this from Tommy's, too, on his Twitter account. I think it was around a year ago this time. It was in the summer of 2020. And uh, he made this great. And as I put it up on the screen here, he tweeted out, hey, I had this great Packers urinal. Well, Mike is the man behind this urinal, dude. So so take me through how you got in touch with Tommy, how you put this together. Give me give me your inside scoop here. Um. So initially what I did was um, my wife and I uh, just bought a house um, a few years ago um, and we pretty much flipped the whole thing. And the only area of the house, right when COVID hit, um, right around March last year, the only area of the house that we didn't really refinish was the, uh, was my man cave bathroom. And since COVID hit, my wife and I are both teachers. um, So we were off and she was like, uh, you know, we really should redo that bathroom. So on and so forth. And she actually said, because I do a lot of epoxy work with my business. Um, I have a side business, Mike and Mike's Rustic Carpentry. Um, and I do a lot of epoxy work and stuff. So she was like, you know, you should do like some kind of epoxy design with like, you know, the Vikings on that sink. And I'm like, wait a second, like, you're really giving me permission to do that right now? She's like, yeah, I don't care. Like, it's your man cave. And I got, you know, you can see behind me, I got Viking stuff everywhere. So so I did it and um, I posted it to just some Viking fan pages stuff, not really trying to get like sales on it just to kind of show it off. And there was so, I, I think in like uh, under 24 hours, it was, it had like 4,000 likes and it was just like, people were going nuts about it. So 
I was getting messages back and forth from different people, um, Minnesota area, Wisconsin, I mean, all over the place, Dakotas. But uh, there was a few people that messaged me and just asking how, you know, I made it and how I did this and how I did that. And then there was someone that got a hold of me. His name was uh, Buddy Becker. And Buddy was, uh, uh, it's actually who Tommy Kramer lives with. And at the time, I had no idea. And um, so Buddy said to me, he was like, you know, hey, I live with Tommy Kramer. His birthday's coming up. I want to get him one of these Vikings vanities. And I'm thinking like, come on, this isn't like, you know, who's this guy? You know, why is Tommy living with him? I didn't know. <clears throat> well, at, after talking to him for a while, sure enough, it was true. Um, Tommy's been living with him for a few years. He, he's loving it. They're really good friends, always been good friends. And um, and I ended up FaceTiming with Tommy um, out of nowhere. They just ended up calling me one night and, I'm like, this is, it was just so surreal. It was awesome. But um, basically the urinal actually came in towards the end. Um, the whole plan was to do the Vikings vanity and I was going to ship it to him. And then uh, about, I don't know, a month or two ahead of time, my wife was like, listen, we're off, you know, and, and summer's coming up. She's like, what if we, you just drove it there? And I'm like, oh, I can bring it up to him. So I brought it up to him. They're like, yeah, come on down. You know, we'd love to have you. So then they actually threw in the urinal last minute. Um, they're like, you know, do you think you could do a urinal? I was like, I was like I've, ne- I've epoxied a lot of things, but I've never done a urinal before, but I'm sure I could do it. And sure enough, I did that. And I made them, um, I got a, like a skull banner here behind me. I made that as well, but I did one of them for, uh, for Tommy as well. And, uh, as a gift. Um, but I brought it down there or up there, I should say. And, um, uh, yeah, I stayed the whole weekend with those guys, played some golf um it was a blast dude that's that's a really really cool little situation i mean yeah because you, you post things on the internet sometimes weird things go viral you know this is one of those situations where like yeah like you post a funny packers urinal on the internet it gets four thousand likes gets shared on twitter on a reddit thread or whatever and then all of a sudden you start talking to some people and it turns out yeah you're actually talking to, to tommy kramer's buddy yeah. um that's awesome man and even you also you also obviously did a, a vanity as well as i think this one will change here as i try to do it on the fly um, but yeah, the, this Vikings vanity is, or the sink, I should say, right? Is it a vanity? Is it a sink? Yeah, vanities. Yeah, vanity okay. top sink. Yep. Yeah, that's even pretty slick too. Well, that's awesome. So did you, how did you become a Vikings fan? Obviously, like, you're in New York. Did you, did you used to live in Minnesota? Is that, is that how you became a Vikings fan? Uh, no, never. I, um, I have no connection to the Vikings in my family. Um, my dad's a huge Rams fan. My mom's a Giants fan. Um, but when I was a kid, uh, it was even before Moss got there. Um, when I was a kid, I used to see Chris Carter on TV all the time. And I don't know what it was, but I just I, – I always wanted to be a receiver. I, I always liked playing receiver when I was younger. So I loved Carter. And then when Moss got there, it's like escalated into this whole new type of fanhood. But, um, yeah, my actually a funny story. My my parents took, to, took me to my first game in 97, so it was the year Moss, before Moss got there. Um, in Buffalo, uh, which is about three hours from me. And um, we were sitting in, uh, right behind the Vikings bench. And sure enough, there was like two open seats next to us. And these three ladies come down and they were like, you know, do you mind if we like squeeze in here? So I went over and sat with my parents and my mom's talking to these ladies. I'm not paying any attention. And <laughs> sure enough, uh, my mom's like, she, she's like, you know, you need to meet these people. And sure enough, it was Brad Johnson's mom. Uh, sister and fiance at the time so that was just like the coolest thing ever um you know for a young kid I think I was like eight years old so that was pretty neat 
That's awesome, dude. And then when you were meeting Tom, like, what was it like meeting Tommy Kramer? Like, just interact with him. You said you guys played some golf. Like, what else did you guys do? Yeah. So Tom, Tommy's the man. He he's such a cool guy. Um, it, it's really interesting just to see how retired NFL players live. Um, you know, he just plays a lot of golf and just hangs out. Um, but yeah, super humble guy. Um, it was not only Tommy. I also met um, Ricky Young, former running back um, that played back when Tommy was there. Uh, and they've invited me down. I'm trying to get, or I'm trying to get there again here a few more times. Uh, you know, to meet. There's John Randall's been hanging out with him quite a bit. Um, Ed McDaniel, a lot of those guys. But yeah, Tommy's such a good guy. It was it was fun playing golf with him and you know kicking back some. Well, at the time it wasn't Corona Heart Seltzers, but. <laughs> I about to say, I love, I, I was loving my Corona Hard Seltzers, and I love me some Tommy Kramer. I'd be curious to see Tommy Kramer, Kramer maybe uh, knock back a Corona Hard Seltzer. I kind of would be curious if that would work out well. He's, he's a big beer guy. He's a big beer guy. <laughs> when I had a neighbor growing up who, when he sold the house, um, they installed a new, they got a, they, when they bought the new house, they installed a man cave, and he got a Badgers-themed bathroom, basically. And he loves the Badgers, loves the Packers. I never understand, basically why he made it a Badgers thing if he's like a diehard Badgers. Like, wouldn't you, if you're going to be defecating right into a toilet, wouldn't you want it to be like of the enemy? So like, I think the Packers one is the right way to go about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it, it, I guess the coolest part about it too was uh, the, the first one to actually use that urinal was actually Jim McMahon. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, buddy sent me a picture and it was uh McMahon was like walking into there and he was taking a picture of it. And, uh, he said he just sent it to, at the time, he sent it to Brett Favre. And he said Favre loved it. And, like, you, you, if you ask my wife, she, I was, like, the, I was so giddy about it because I'm, like, something that I made just got sent to Brett Favre's phone. Like, I just thought that was, like, the coolest thing. Absolutely, dude. Well, hey, everyone gets a 15 minutes of fame. I mean, like, you got to hang out with Tommy Kramer. You got to design a Packers bathroom. Like, this is awesome, dude. I think it's a really cool story. Uh, Mike, thank you for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. Everyone here in the comments, dude, they're loving it as well. Thank you for pointing out that my mic was muted. Really appreciate that. Um, it'll happen sometimes even for the executive producer that he won't realize his mic is turned off. At the same time, um, we do Vikings Vent Line every Sunday here on, on Purple Daily's YouTube page. Uh, if you want to get out on the show, send me an email, vikingsventline at gmail.com. We got some people in queue, but we'll gladly get you on in a future show. Send me that email, vikingsventline at gmail.com, and I will gladly uh, put you on the list, and we can talk some Vikings. We're going to try to do this every Sunday night, also leading up to the draft and the offseason, so should be a ton of fun. Thanks to my guy Mike. Next week, we, yeah, we'll maybe have more of a formal discussion. I'll crown another winner, but Mike, you get the uh, you know you get the, my WWE title belt, which is actually sitting across the room from me. I'm not going to give, but I'm going to give you one more, just 60 seconds here to uh, to claim your fame and give your last take in before uh, before we say goodbye. <laughs> um, no, well, yeah, again, I, I appreciate you letting me on the show, and um, and yeah, in regards to the Vikings, I just I just hope they find a way to fix this whole line. Um, you know, it, it's really starting to worry me. I don't think Mason Cole and Dakota Dozier are, are fixes here, but, um, you know, hopefully they can bring in something and, and move the right pieces where they got to go. And, um, I think they can really make some noise here if they can get that figured out. Yeah, man, it will be interesting to see what they do in this draft. I'm really, really curious. I think, uh, it's probably gonna be an offensive lineman, but I mean, I'm, I'm just ready back. I'm ready for football opening days here. I love baseball. The wild are playing very well right now. But, yeah, I'm, I'm more curious just because I think it's going to be one of the most fascinating drafts um, in a long, long time for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, last reminder, if you can, hit that subscribe button here. If you are just discovering us for the first time, we also have a second YouTube channel. It's Score North MN, where you can find conversations 
all-encompassing of Minnesota sports, Twins, Wild, Wolves, Vikings. We also do some more Vikings talk additionally on there as well. We have Write That Down predictions. We're on Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, wherever you find your podcasts. We are there. This has been Vikings Ventline, and we'll uh, see you next week.